Welcome to the Serve Conscious Podcast, where you and your organization can learn tools that enhance mindset, mental performance, workplace well-being, communication skills, and anything that helps optimize the human being doing the serving. And if this episode speaks to you, it would mean a lot to me if you could leave a review on iTunes as well as subscribe so more people can find the Serve Conscious mission. And if iTunes isn't where you hang out, then check out serveconscious.com and subscribe to my mailing list where I'll send you awesome stuff every week. And don't forget to check out a link to my partner, the Institute for Organizational Mindfulness, in the show notes. They're on a mission to help organizations become a culture of mental well-being. Hello, friends. Welcome. So today we're going to be exploring some questions around how to be less judgmental. And spoiler alert, it doesn't involve being less judgmental. (laughs) You'll see what I mean. I just think this is really relevant to any service-oriented skill set because we tend to find our mind judging, judging, judging when maybe we don't want to so much. Maybe we want to have more compassion, understanding, and openness with the people we serve or work with or are just trying to show up for in some way. So I wanted to talk about something that really stood out to me uh, this week when I was in my second workshop with Dr. Gabor Mate, who is a a one-of-a-kind human being. It's impossible to summarize the depth of his work in the space of this show, but a good summary would be that he's a physician that everyone thinks is a psychotherapist because of his depth of understanding of how humans tick and what's really behind a human dysfunction. It's never what you think it is, and a lot of his perspectives are radical when they shouldn't be, but that's because of the medical system that we operate in that tends to treat symptoms rather than looking at the deep root psychological cause of something. For him, so many human behaviors that seem utterly toxic and self-destructive are simply coping mechanisms and can be addressed as such. Anywhere from addiction to ADHD to people-pleasing. People-pleasers out there, definitely check out his work around that. People that fawn and placate to prevent confrontation. Anything we do compulsively, you have a compulsive behavior, whoever you are. Human beings are collections of behaviors that make us go, why did I just do that? Why do I do that? Why do I do that every time when I want to do the opposite? There is... A very sound explanation for it a lot of the time. And the way he digs so deeply into it reminds me of why I'm so passionate about mindfulness and coaching and all those practices that get you really observing why you do what you do rather than mindlessly doing it. And giving yourself new opportunities to do more of what's meaningful to you so that these compulsive behaviors that don't serve you can naturally sort of exfoliate as you evolve. I mean, there are so many individual focal points of his work that we could have our own episode on where we look at tools and strategies to overcome those challenges. And maybe we will. But first, I wanted to explore an area that I don't think we've really explored yet, and that is around the mind's tendency to judge. What qualifies as a judgment? That's a good question. Let's just say broadly, it's the mind's tendency to have an opinion about something. It's evaluating, it's labeling, 
it's possibly condemning or criticizing. If this doesn't sound like something you've ever done, then please submit yourself to science so they can understand this anomaly of a brain you have, because everybody's mind is hardwired to do this. Because judgments can be useful for keeping us safe, right? That's dangerous. Don't go over there. This person is swinging a bladed weapon at you. Something should probably be done about that, etc. Right? Your mind is making judgment calls in order to preserve your well-being. Not a bad thing. But judgment is also used to mean an undesirable tendency of the mind, a compulsion of the mind, to perhaps criticize, condemn, dismiss, box in something, or especially someone, in a way that maybe doesn't serve the relationship, your ability to communicate with them, etc., etc. It's also used to judge yourself and your own life in ways that can unnecessarily make you miserable, make you think that you're less than you are, making you think that your life is more problematic than it is. So when does judgment work for you and when does it work against you? Well, that's what mindfulness is for. That's what creating space between your awareness and your thoughts is for, so you can observe the judgments, because judgments are just thoughts. They're just words in the head. They don't need to be taken at face value. You can observe them without indulging them and getting caught up in them and shaping your behavior around them. And I sometimes worry that people's relationship to judgment can become confused when they start learning things like mindfulness or maybe some even more soft and cuddly spiritual practice and get a sense that judgment is some sort of disease of the mind that needs to be cured. And if you're thinking to yourself, no, nah, mindfulness isn't like this. Okay, well, let's look at John Kabat-Zinn's definition of mindfulness, which is everybody's baseline for understanding mindfulness in 10 seconds or less. It's the awareness that arises from paying attention on purpose in the present and non-judgmentally. Now, he goes on to clarify that, well, it's not about, like, not having any judgments. It's actually about being aware of how many judgments you have. However, that level of nuance isn't in the definition, and people often don't live with an understanding of that nuance. They just don't like judgment. If you have an opinion about someone, they're like, are you judging me? Don't judge me. Are you judging? You shouldn't judge. That's not spiritual etc. Right? Yeah, fine. Experiencing judgment can be unpleasant. Having judgment filter our own life can make it less joyful sometimes. But framing it as yet another thing to dislike about yourself is going to get you nowhere. And it's actually not effective at all. Fast forward to the Gabor Mate workshop, which was myself and a whole swath of mindfulness teachers. And he said something that I was like, yes! <laughs> he was talking about judgment with one of the teachers, and they said something like, I'm trying not to judge. And he's like, you should never try not to judge. And at that point, he had everyone's attention, because a lot of those teachers probably have that John Kabat-Zinn definition of mindfulness running through their minds like computer code, thinking, but you're supposed to be non-judgmental. To that he said, trying not to judge is pointless because it's something the mind does automatically. Have you ever tried not to do something that your mind does automatically? 
Wow. I could tell it had an impact on everyone in the room because I really don't like that non-judgmental clause either. I don't think it's something workable. Like a lot of orthodox mindfulness principles. In theory, some of them sound nice, but implementing them into an effective life, there's a gap. And he demonstrated that gap right there. And the thing is, mindfulness people know this. They know that you can't control your thoughts and your emotions. They just arise. The idea is to just observe them. Judgments are just another form of thinking that happen compulsively. So why have an aspiration to not have them? You can't aspire to not do anything. That happens automatically. Now, there are things you can do that will make your mind less prone to judging unfairly, but in no way can a strategy of not judging ever get you there. So be sure to listen to the end. I'm going to leave you with some practices that allow you to clean up your judgment skills rather than attempt to annihilate them, which would be attempting the impossible. And I just want to say I totally understand if this area is frustrating and filled with conundrums for you. I see it happen all the time with people that want to be more mindful and they talk about how problematic all these judgments are and I'll say, well, that's a judgment. <laughs> what if you were to not judge judging and you see the brow furrow and the eye start twitching and if you're prone to these moments, then just know that this is all very human and, in my opinion, very wholesome. So don't beat yourself up. If it's a struggle getting your arms around it, getting this stuff right is a challenge and a matter of constantly walking a very fine line. That's why these areas of human existence have been chewed on for hundreds, thousands of years. And ultimately, I don't think the question needs to be whether judgment is good or bad, but when it's appropriate and of service and when it isn't. So, how do you control judgment? Well, control is the wrong word as well. Judgment is involuntary, remember? So, something that is an involuntary impulse can be controlled about as well as a back spasm can be controlled. And actually... I think we've stumbled upon the perfect analogy here because how do you work with the back's tendency to spasm? You strengthen and increase flexibility in muscles that support that part of your body, like your hips and your core. And to master judgment, I like using the word master because it means that it's still happening, sure, but you're writing it, it's not writing you. So to master judgment, perhaps we can strengthen and increase flexibility in muscles that support your ability to understand a situation, let's say. And that way judgment doesn't swoop in and take over the situation. Because what's judgment doing? It's just trying to keep you safe. It's just trying to provide a feeling that you are well prepared for the situation, that you have it figured out. Same with a back spasm. It's actually trying to stop you from moving so you don't hurt yourself further. I've been learning stuff like this as I've gotten deeper into fitness. Injury is often a protective mechanism. And as an aside, almost eliminated my tendency towards back pain by 
giving it nothing to protect itself against by making my posterior chain strong, flexible, and healthy. Same is true for the mind. A lot of what it's doing compulsively that you hate is protective. So what can you provide yourself so that you have a less protective mind? How can you become more of an individual that doesn't need protecting by judgment? Hmm? Interesting, right? Let's start with our relationship to the judgments. First and foremost, remember that they're just thoughts. And just because those thoughts are arising, it doesn't mean that's what you believe. And it doesn't mean you have to believe it. It just occurred as a passing event in the mind. Thoughts come and go. And you can start by watching this phenomenon occur. This is really helpful for de-identifying with your thoughts. Because a lot of people believe that just because they think something, that's who they are. That's their perspective. That's their worldview. No, it's a bunch of words blinking in and out of existence in your mind. That's all they have to be. To further separate yourself from identifying with your thinking, just note the thoughts as they come up. I've talked before about this practice as deceptively simple but extremely powerful. So when you notice that you are judging someone, then just silently and quickly call it out to yourself. So let's say you're approaching a client or customer for the first time and you notice that your mind is processing how they're dressed, how they look, other superficial characteristics about them and coming up with conclusions about them that may not be fair. And you might worry that this will get in the way of how you can care for them as your customer or client. Just slap a little tag on that mental event that's occurred. Judgment. Judgmental mind. Call it something cute. Judge Judy. Judge Dread. Whatever. Develop a more playful light relationship to your mind, and that way you're not condemning or pushing away a tendency, aka judging the tendency to judge that we talked about, right? You're just acknowledging it and even appreciating its eagerness to offer assistance in the moment. And as John Kabat-Zinn has emphasized, simply being aware of the judgments is power that cannot be underestimated. It's really amazing once you start being aware of this stuff, the lessening of influence it has over your life. And if you are wondering, how do I be more aware of judgments? They just can kind of take over and blanket your thinking. That noting and naming process, remembering to do that, can provide that little bit of space just to observe it from a distance without biting into those judgments as the truth and behaving according to them. Step number two for mastering judgment, be ready to be surprised and celebrate when you are. So let's say your mind makes a very quick assumption about someone, and then they reveal the total opposite to what you had assumed. You might be tempted to criticize, haha, judge yourself for stereotyping or minimizing that person, but really all you've done by prejudging them is given yourself an opportunity for greater wisdom, given yourself an opportunity to shatter what's probably a common stereotype that everybody collects. Everyone collects these stereotypes. You've done so your whole life in order to keep you safe, in order to prepare you for the people you meet. Because the mind is thinking, I don't want to get screwed over by this person. I better be ready for whatever this type of person might pull, right? It's okay that the expectation was there. Just embrace it 
when a totally different reality reveals itself. This is growth. And this is also how I get people beginning to practice the beginner's mind, which is another kind of scary Zen slash Buddhist oriented endeavor that people worry involves forgetting everything you know and going into something as innocent as a baby. I think it just means being available to surprising new perspectives on something that the mind thought it had figured out. So really take a moment to be with those moments of surprise. Maybe journal about them at night. Reflect on them. That will further ingrain the sense of openness, prevents you from falling into and reacting to unnecessary judgments equivalent to muscle flexibility that I was saying could prevent a back spasm. This is a certain mental flexibility that prevents a behavioral spasm, so to speak. A third area of judgment mastery is, again, very simple, but key to mastering absolutely anything, and that's noticing what it feels like to judge. So let's say you've found your mind flinging around all kinds of criticisms and condemnations about a person or people that you'd like to loosen that grip on, then just bring your awareness into the physical experience of what the mind is doing. This does two things. Firstly, it gets you out of your head into a more grounded place from which to observe these thoughts. And secondly, it gives you a sense of how your thoughts are affecting you. This is another one of those game-changing awareness skills that will automatically help improve and refine these tendencies of the mind without you having to fix anything. You're just observing. Because that's the thing, a lot of you judgy people out there, which is probably most people, there are more judgy people on this earth than you may realize. They're just doing it internally and maintaining a polite countenance up front. Judgy people tend to be fixers as well. Because what is a judgment? Your mind is telling you something that it doesn't accept about the situation. Something it would like to make different. AKA fix. And chances are, this tendency to not accept things as they are and want to fix them gets turned on the judger itself regularly. So if you are prone to judging other people, start being aware of how much you're judging yourself and wishing you were different. Just be aware of it. Don't try to fix it. That's another thing to fix. That's another thing to not accept about yourself, right? Just observe it without trying to fix the fixer. That'll just get you in a real tangled web. Trust me. At another time, we'll look at how you can actually replace thoughts that are not helpful with thoughts that are more helpful without being manipulative and repressive of your thinking. But right now, just lean into your awareness skills because they're really where it's at. Regarding things improving and your mind beginning to think and operate how you want it to, you can actually trust it to develop in the right direction once you're feeding it greater awareness of how it's operating. Your own insights of how to more skillfully look at the situation will emerge, and so will new patterns of thinking and behaving. The more that you're willing to be openly aware of how you're operating. And the last tool I would like to leave you with is one of my favorite skills, and that has to do with inquiring into 
and sometimes challenging whatever thinking is going on at the time. So let's say you're making some really firm judgment about someone, really clear, pointed thinking that's maybe not so kind or favorable. The next thing to do, after trying the other awareness skills I mentioned, is just ask yourself, why am I choosing to believe this? Or what makes this true? Or to get more into mindfully understanding your response to something, you can ask yourself, what about this makes me uncomfortable? What is it that I'm unable to accept about this person? Now be careful with why questions. It's good to focus on what questions, as a very recent episode has emphasized. Why questions can lead you into really abstract, fuzzy contemplation that might not leave you with much solidity or clarity about what you're exploring. But what questions can just bring you into the actual experience in the moment? What are the feelings? What are the feelings in response to? Start gathering this data. And as you do so, it will unwind the DNA of the judgment. So it goes from this sort of mental propaganda that was being bought into because the mind is really good at getting you to believe things. It casts its spell and it's easier just to say, okay, well, that's what you're giving me. That's what I'll believe. It goes from propaganda to something you can see in its component parts. Oh, it's a bunch of thoughts I'm having that's creating a certain amount of discomfort. And this discomfort is feeding more thoughts and really making me want to change or get rid of this person because I want to get rid of my discomfort. Stuff like that starts occurring. And you begin to realize that it's a very subjective experience you're having about someone and not necessarily the truth. And this will open you up to seeing maybe more richness and humanity and more elements that you can have an open-hearted compassion for rather than a narrow, dismissive judgment of. Oh, by the way, this is extremely important. Probably should have been emphasized in the beginning. Judgment is not only problematic when it's quote-unquote negative. As in when you're thinking something critical or dismissive about somebody. It can be just as problematic when it's overly positive. Because sometimes we want to believe something about somebody because we like them. Or, speaking of propaganda, they've cast a certain spell on us that has biased our view of their behavior and we might miss really problematic behaviors. And in fact, there are negative judgments that might serve the protection of yourself or other people from toxic behaviors. Charmingly villainous people are really good at manipulating our perceptions of them so that they can get away with destructive behaviors. So be aware of that too. I have unwound a lot of false beliefs I had about people because it turns out that a lot of people that weren't really good for me in my life were there because I wanted to believe certain things about them. And that prevented me from seeing the truth of who they are. Not that they're bad people, but they weren't people that were in service of my own growth and well-being. So that's another thing to be aware of. If you're going to start being vigilant about your tendencies to judge 
aim that vigilance at the positive and the negative. You're not looking for necessarily more positivity. You're looking for more truth. Things come into balance that way. Like I said, mindfulness is a, about gathering an undramatic view of reality. And our perceptions start swinging much more towards a very even-keeled middle. So unpleasant people aren't so threatening and terrible. And charismatic, charming people aren't superhuman. They're all just human, filled with human nuance. And being open to that nuance allows us to compose a much clearer view of who a person actually is. And I think that's ultimately the payoff of mastering judgment. Not simply feeling like we're more non-judgmental and mindful and quote-unquote positive people, but being able to connect with the real, full-spectrum version of a human being, including maybe especially times when that human being is you. You'll be able to look at yourself and all of the areas you might not even be willing to look at with less drama, less self-criticism. A lot of possibilities open up when you're in that terrain, in service and in life. All right, thanks so much for listening. Once again, I would so value your reviews of the show. Get on iTunes, leave me whatever you feel like leaving me, and subscribe to the show. More people will find it with your voice in the mix. And check on the website, serveconscious.com, to get on the mailing list and allow me to provide you with a five-day mini course on the service superpowers you can cultivate. Thanks so much. Ciao.